0: Take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies.
1: Put them in a room and tell them to talk about anything film-related.
0: The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. I've been in New Orleans, Tom. New Orleans. I'm, I'm in New Orleans with my own fucking mind right now. Yeah, you're
1: dancing reason. up a storm, buddy.
0: I'm, I'm thumb dancing, dude.
1: Yeah, you are sick as a fucking dog from sick. your like Kojak episode heroin withdrawal like <laughs> symptoms from cigarettes. Now I'm proud to say, dear listeners, <laughs> he's completed day four of no cigarettes.
0: Fuck you, city.
1: Yeah, and that's like a crazy thing where you kind of sick because you're no longer doing something that makes you sick.
0: And And then you get hay fever on top of it, so you got you're actually sick. Mm -hmm. Uh, So everything is like I was just saying, like everything kind of cuts the edge off the other thing, and then makes it a little bit more miserable than it Mm -hmm. should be. Every goddamn part of it. Mm -hmm. And we're also heading into the hot season in Fresno. Oh, that's not first Serious '90s days right now. So (laughs) just like '90s. Yeah, it's just not even hot. The sweat never really kind of stops, and it just (laughs) pools. It's gonna get so much fucking worse than that. So. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? Hey, let's uh, let's celebrate by having a podcast. And
1: you can't stand uh, the heat?
0: No, I'm not a fan of the
1: heat. At all. No, I tell you what, I can't stand. I can't stand the naked light bulb. Any more than I can stand a rude remark, Tom.
0: Oh, land sakes. <laughs> Louds a mess. Anyway, so
1: have you ever been to New Orleans?
0: No. I, that's one of the places I've always wanted to go. I've never been there. And then Katrina came in. I don't even know what the point is of going there now.
1: I went there right after Katrina. Yeah. French Quarter, rooms are cheap. Nice. And, but the French Quarter was not touched. And I went with my, my buddy Joe. My buddy Joe is the, my one close friend over the years. He's a hardcore, like, born-again Christian. So so we rented a car. Imagine driving around New Orleans, and all day you're hearing... My God is an awesome God on the radio, but somehow it,
0: it fit the whole scene. <laughs> the evidence outside is maybe not matching it, but sort of matching it. Well, at the same it's sort time, of right? weird,
1: yeah. What we did is we, we spent some time <laughs> in the French Quarter, but also we um, went to like oui. the Ninth Ward. Uh-huh. Oui. We went to the Ninth Ward, like the the, that was the areas that got
0: really hit by the by the storm. Right? People
1: drowned in their houses, and right. also it's just like dire dire poverty. And then we went up to Baton Rouge, and honestly, like Tom, it's the only other part of the South that I've ever been is I lived a brief time in Northern Virginia and that's hardly the South. I mean, it's South-ish
0: yeah, it's not, adjacent, yeah. if you will. It's, yeah, it's the landlords of the South. See, a little racism. Right?
1: But yeah. as a white boy from California walking around like Baton Rouge, uh-huh. you see how the town, there's like a dividing line. It's almost like someone painted a line a la like, I Love Lucy or the Brady <laughs> Bunch and it was like, whites will we'll do well on this side. Uh, Black people wander around in an unemployed daze of racism on, on this side. On it this was side, really yeah awful and but it also i uh, felt i felt insanely naive right as to the whole thing I mean, well no you know a- you're
0: gonna do that if you if you were as a californian go uh, you know run around amidst the masses out there in the middle of the country you yep. you get you get educated really quickly yeah we don't you know we're not as extreme as everybody else we
1: don't get it well we're dumb in some ways we're some ways we're awesome some ways in that we're, area we're just we're naive Our naive is our
0: saving grace and probably the curse of the <laughs> Probably our biggest curse all at the same time. I
1: guess, because immediately after, I forgot about the racism and went out to the swamps where tourists can, like, hold baby alligators wow, and throw marshmallows up. on Ooh, those little fan little. boats. Who's a
0: little alligator? <laughs> Who's a little alligator? <laughs> have, oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. have a tree are, called yes a pole tongue uh-huh. that, like, laps the water. Oh, it's it's delightful, man. What do you mean? It runs around the water? Come on, you pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 As <I> said, <laughs> folks, Tom is sick. <laughs> <laughs> might be my best, Who knows? All right, so uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a free episode, we want to remind you. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> so we're talking about New Orleans for no particular reason, no, except, except that we are going to talk about our subject <sighs> for this week, which is Ms. Vivian
0: Lee. She is Vivian Lee. She is Vavavum Lee. Yeah, she, do you she's find older. her attractive? Well, I, her, I find her attractive, I find her older, and still attractive. Well, that's and the How weird much thing. that has to do with the fact that she's attractive, where I'm just the age I am, and she, she, we're right in the same zone.
1: No, but I think there's a, a valid point there. I mean, normally I'd be like, what, what the fuck's the difference? But I think there's a valid point in that You know, in, she, she made very few American films, quote-unquote American right. films, like three of them in mm-hmm. total. And what's interesting about it is, it seems like all of the American films have to do with either like her like <coughs> nostalgia slipping from her grasp, right, uh, and, a, along with sanity. or insanity, or but her, her sort of like her former self slipping away, right, and and, and the, the, the angst and trying to recapture it, and then finally letting it go. It's inter- mm-hmm. it's a it's a continued trope for
0: her as an actress, right? Yeah, particularly well, in her in American movies, right?
1: In her American
0: movies, right. so now those, we're, we're we're talking about two of them. What would be the third one? One with the wind. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, uh, of course. That's really yeah, that's me. the big yeah, one. That's yeah, no right. problem. But I, I, I hate that. I, I hate. Do you hate out with the wind? I hate and love that movie. No, I do. Stop it already, dude! With it's your well, hatred I, of that I, movie. I, with my hatred of that, well, you hate blues. So let me get off on this one, all right? Okay. It's just, it's just a long, And fucking boring movie. And the only, and she is the only redeeming quality in that movie. And the thing that redeems her is that she's so fucking massively unlikable that it's she's extraordinary yeah. just to be a, a person, a thing that existed you in know. a Hollywood movie of that era to me.
1: I mean, look—it's—it's it's one of those films that's. Well, I mean, it's not even one of our films tonight, but why, why not talk about it? She—it's right. one of those films that comes up a lot now because we're living with the discomfort of the film. So, like, nobody—you know—once uh, *Birth of the Nation* from 1916 right. had its heyday, no, no reasonable person was like, "I'm conflicted." It's like there's no conflict. You, you can appreciate the art, or you can study it in right. terms of its like, you know, the masterful direction of D.W. But no one's conflicted about the film. But right. but Gone with the Wind is old enough now mm-hmm. that people were like, well, it's not just a depiction of the South. It certainly is a depiction of the South, but it, it, it's it's an embarrassing display right. of actor, uh, black actors in the '30s, right?
0: In, in a weird way, right? Even though it garnered what, the first uh, the first um, Academy Award nomination for a black actress,
1: Butterfly McQueen.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she was she, it. She might have gotten it actually. She's supporting. She. I think she might have actually gotten it. Yeah. Yeah. I but don't somehow know. doesn't make it better. Just because of the nature of racism at the time It's a weird,
1: weird thing Race is Is a weird thing It's a weird thing for us And that's exactly what it is, by the way Mm. It's not a painful thing for you and I It's a weird thing Because on the one hand There is a justifiable... White guilt that goes with everything we talk oh, about with yeah, race, absolutely. and at the same time, we we do want to be nuanced and thoughtful people, and separate, you know, go well. What is this? And so it's. Yeah, I'm well, not uh, making much go, sense, but
0: I'll go you one even yeah? even better than that. We grew up. We we're just of that right age. We're mm-hmm. that last. We're like that last transitional like generation uh-huh. where, you know, bl- calling somebody black was like you know it became like okay. It was like you know what I'm saying. It's like you know. the, the N word dropped out like right in the like in during our childhood. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone even before us thought it was okay. But I know what you're saying. No, yeah, but before that, it was
0: simply vulgar or crass. Yeah, whereas yeah. when I during our childhood, it became like, <laughs> yeah, yeah you better not say that word, you know. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah,
1: so it's yeah, I don't know. I think it's an interesting film. I might, I might sort of um, think of it too much as a sort of a think piece, you know. I mean, like it's it's a film that you can talk about endlessly, right. and I like films like that. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's even if the film isn't that good, I suppose. But right. I saw it in the theater in like 1998 there was a nationwide before Fathom was doing it's like monthly Mm. anniversary thing they had a showing for a week of Gone with the Wind and it included an intermission so that like the guy came out and was like we have an intermission it was the and this is I think it was 1953 is when they took the um the, the square box presentation and, and stretched it to what what now would be considered like letterbox if you will, if you watch uh, it on yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it still had that old 1939 square presentation. Really, right. I don't know. It was a good experience, but I, I get we're, why we're it's getting, kind of a boring film.
0: We're getting far fucking afield. Right? Not really,
1: because I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's the first sort of triumph of Vivian Lee. And then she she... She goes away because she meets, you know, Lawrence Olivier, right? And they right. have this, they have
0: this um, interesting... it on again, off again, on screen, off screen. Yeah,
1: I mean, she, he's sort of her mentor, and, and right. you couldn't ask for a better one i mean that's As not a actor? condescending oh, no, move prob-
0: no probably not no, no he's a master right yeah he's, and- a, he's an amazing actor and he's probably gay so we're not altogether sure about that get other out of here you think lawrence olivier was gay i think he's bi- the name I-
1: lawrence is that enough well, for he's you? also he's
0: british he sounds like he's half you know i don't know it's just it's uh,
1: <laughs> if you were if he weren't like
0: here's the thing if he were bisexual i'd be like totally go with that that's fine
1: yeah okay if i you, mean you do you larry fair enough fair yeah. enough um so, so they go. You're off not
0: shame me with that. One. They go. It's all right. They go off to <laughs> you know uh, shit for that.
1: to England, and the only reason she came back. Well, no, I take it back. One of the reasons that she came back at, in 1951 mm-hmm. to do the first film, which is the, we're going for the classic here, uh, yeah. "Streetcar Named Desire" like 1951.
0: A this, is a, this is a no-hit ground rules double, right? Well, now.
1: okay, so so there was um. You know, it was like 46 or 48 when, when Tennessee Williams wrote the goddamn thing, right? Right. And then there were, simultaneously, there were two productions going on. And, and the New York production was Jessica Tandy. Right. In the role. And Elia Kazan, who did the film version, was... was um, The director. Yeah. In London, L- Olivier was directing it.
0: Right. Vivian, Vivian Lee. Vivian Lee. Right.
1: And Elia um, and Kazan did not want Vivian
0: Lee. Right. He wanted Jessica Tandy. no, But ultimately, they went with Vivian Lee because she ultimately had more sort of star power draw appeal. They wanted to get a solid name in there to go with a lot of what was a very no-name crew.
1: Yeah, maybe Otherwise. Jessica Tandy would have been that, but also uh, he had and mind the second Olivia de Havilland, who did have some draw. But, you know, one of the things was um, two things. Uh, I mean, adding to your point, not disputing it, is that Vivian Lee, it turns out, was kind of a body ballbuster. Like she and, and Brando really? hit it off like
0: crazy Fuck in between off, really? takes. Yeah, that's how good an actress she is. Because oh, that's not never a never you can't imagine that, that by looking watching this movie. Brando, of course, but yeah, fucking Brando. Oh God damn it! Okay, go and, on.
1: And uh, and Tennessee Williams was also <laughs> like, this is who you know, in a sense. I should have written it for her because she embodies no. Blanche to a fucking thing, and of course she does. in yeah, this yeah. film, right. Yeah. I mean, here's a film you you run across these once in a while, like William Ng or Inge. We we never sort of agree Inge, on that. But I know who <laughs> fucking knows. Inge Momsting. Um, uh, <laughs> his his move his oh, heard, uh, <laughs> script for for Picnic or Bus Stop <clears throat> or uh, I'm right. um, Anderson's um, The Petrified Forest. There are some you know. Uh, the plays that are so fucking well written that the star of the movie is the play, is the writing. Edward Albee's Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf," yeah. Except that in the case of Streetcar Named Desire, maybe Picnic, and I, I would say definitely also um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf." The, it's matched the power is fucking matched by the actors mm. and all the way around yeah and the director Alain kazan who i love the shit on because he was kind of a, a bad human well, he was being a cunt.
0: we don't like him he was an absolute cunt. yeah he, he rolled on he rolled on many uh, many a people
1: Cunty, cunt, cunt. is what yeah. we are saying
0: yeah, the fucking house house the who act Cunt it out my friend all right okay
1: um is that um he's a masterful director we can talk yeah. about that yeah. um Brando, obviously, I mean, his fucking menacing performance as that fucking fat, hogged Polak Kowalski is, I mean, he's got a... his dick's got to be a destroyer. No oh. one is that fucking... That's what I meant by hog or mule. Uh, I
0: was wondering. Is, like, is he going to be pulling out Apocalypse Now? What the fuck? No, no. I mean, no. Like, this Oh,
1: a oh, beautiful look man. At, this
0: is as beautiful as a man that, can it's be. It's crazy he's how absolutely fucking beautiful picture, he is, yeah. How
1: much sex appeal he has. And that and, plays into... And
0: power. Into, like, God damn it. He's so that fucking role. He's so casually that role. They, it's unbelievable.
1: They all are in, 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 to different degrees. Kim Hunter is, is fucking brilliant as his wife. Stella. Mm-hmm. Stella. Uh, Carl Malden. Um, I... The first earliest film I've ever seen him in his first partnership with with Brando as yeah. as
0: his buddy his bowling buddy. He looks like, they look the same age. Who Brando and, and Malden almost at this point like it's like I think it's the youngest I've ever seen Malden. Oh yeah, and Malden was professionally an older man. Yeah, no question about it. So, yeah. but he pulled it off, and yeah. with this with this role, it was really I was really amazed.
1: And then, so it's a, you know, I mean, I mean, I think it's one of those films where it's like I underappreciate how good it is until I see it because some of the lines are so embedded in the culture. I've always depended on the kindness of strangers, Stella. Like
0: Stella yeah, Stella, all these sort of things. Stella, you're putting me through hell. So you you
1: you tend That's to assume that it's Ned Flanders. Yeah, I got it. You all tend right. to assume that it's like a bit of a cliche. But right. you watch it and it's brilliant. So she came over to do this film, and part of the, the clincher was. Mm-hmm. Olivier was in America to do the film version of Sister Carrie, called oh. Carrie, and it, it blows. Oh, okay, um, Ooh, but it was sorry so- for you,
0: bud because like, that's my favorite book. Yeah, that's like your favorite book. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But, but so, so he's in America and she's doing this, and, and they're having a grand time doing it. Mm. Everyone's getting along, even that cunt, Aliyah Kazan. Uh, and but he's
0: just taking notes for what he's going to tell the the jur- the judges later.
1: But it really Correct. is, it really is a um, a, a toss up between you know as powerful <coughs> and amazing as Brando is in this film, she, just, she she is, is, like is holding her,
0: She's holding her own. I'm fucking absolutely. I'm watching this movie and his just sheer realness mm-hmm. and her. I'm terrified for her. I feel for her like I don't feel like for almost anybody else in movies. For her
1: and also for Kim Hunter.
0: Oh, yeah. This is, oh, it's it's fucking brutally uncomfortable. Anyone who grew up in the era
1: when we did, when um, even if you had a good father, the father could snap at
0: the breakfast table and everyone (laughs) would
1: put their head down (laughs) like you're in war, knows how good he was. There's a moment,
0: I think this is true in, in every good Tennessee Williams play, where there's a moment where like, where like you, like the stereotype is like jammed in your face and yep. then and then and then sort of exploded gently at the same time. Yeah, like this. Um, What's it? Uh, the one the, the the glass menagerie. Yep. Fuck, I love that. And, and there's that moment in every one of his, his plays where that's just that that tension between yeah. what looks like a stereo what, a stereotype mm-hmm. and the reality of a person behind that stereotype. And and that's yeah. that's Brando and and. Fucking Vivian Lee all at the same time, and
1: Williams because because it's hard to write backstory as good as someone like Williams or Albie does, it, mm. it's hard to like that story of the boy or whoever it is, right? That sort of the story who comes that comes out, and it's so natural that it comes out to build their character. This film, it, I mean, people, did you follow that? Yeah, uh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. This this film. So so just to sort of give the background, right, it's like uh, um, huh. Vivian Lee is, yeah, is. We didn't do anything. No, because we any so we're far. just in love with this movie. Yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah. how in love with this movie yeah. I am. Uh, uh, Vivian Lee um, comes from a small town in Mississippi Valerie. of a family of, of, of means. Um, she arrives... Genteel,
0: genteel uh, what do they call it genteel poverty.
1: And she, she arrives in, in New Orleans the French Quarter to um, stay with her sister, Stella, mm-hmm. who also sort of left the life in right. Mississippi in genteel means to, to become hooked up with with desire,
0: with this animal Stanley yeah. Kowalski, and he is a fucking animal, man. Dude, I want to. God, dude, I want to. You know, you just—he's that. Like he's—he's he's got sex He's sexual. Yeah. He's fucking powerful. There's yeah. so much he's bringing to the table here that you understand why this woman from a totally different world, yeah. fell for this guy.
1: Here's the thing: he, the closest I've ever dick. seen in a film is is um, Lamada. You know, De Niro's Lamada and Raging Bull, but unlike well, Lamada and Raging Bull with Stanley Kowalski, you're like, yeah, I understand how Me Too happens because <laughs> in the sense that like his sort of rapey power yeah. is kind of attractive in yeah. a weird way, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um. So anyway, I know that's a controversial thing to say, but in the context yeah. of this film, it's kind of interesting. So she comes to sort of um, stay, you know, she's been... Um, on leave, as a as a teacher, you know, yeah. like this sort of mysterious mm-hmm. story, and, and she's, she's kind of, full, full, of she's shit. full of shit.
0: Like, that's that's one of her number one ca- qualities, is that she is very casually full of shit almost all the time.
1: We know people like this, right? Who oh. have a... Well, I think her grandmother was like this,
0: actually. Well, a lot, a lot of people are like this, and everybody, to a certain degree, is like this, except for the Stanley Kowalskis of the world, which puts them immediately at loggerheads. Immediately, they're on each other's. Well,
1: side. yeah, the, he's a problem in a different way. He's like a, a danger to people, and yeah. she is a burden but like a, a, a psychologically twisting burden on right. people You know, it's sort of like oh my god here's Blanche and she's staying with her, her younger sister and she tries to pass herself off as, as Blanche's younger sister and never allows herself to be seen by the naked bulb because she's had uh-huh. in her, her real age and she's got this backstory <laughs> of a young man she knew we right. were fortunate enough by the way we, have, we got a, a print that has three scenes uh, that were initially sort of cut out Three small sort of scenes that, hmm. that imply a lot of things, like the fact that she, the reason that she left Mississippi was that she had not only had a, a, a relationship with a young student, but had had sex with a young student. And right. That she had been a right. pro, like, if not she a prostitute, like, uh, right. in that area.
0: Well, she got run out on the rail, basically. Yeah. Of the town, really. You know yeah, rather ignominiously.
1: and sort of like weird sort of implications of homosexuality right. because the boy the boy she knew, she tells the story to Carl Malden that he'd he'd uh, she saw him as a creature suddenly because he had an affair with an older man. Like all these weird little mm. implications that I think we're missing in the theaters in nineteen fifty one. There goes Tommy. That's well, all. You, they, because they actually Tommy.
0: had to take a bunch of stuff and move it and pull it yeah. out of the movie from the play to the movie. Yeah. And, and, so,
1: she's, and so, of course, the hotbed, the, the real tension is, is not just that she's full of shit and not just that Kowalski is an animal and, and that and that Kim Hunter, Stella is in between, mm-hmm. but, but that they all live in this sma- space. And here come, here's the magic of Alakazan because he's, he's masterfully, like, filming in this claustrophobic space, not only the apartment mm-hmm. – but but the French Quarter in this strange sort of like black soaked like uh, velvety
0: yeah, you know black yeah. and white, yeah. There's a there's a whole different kind of um, claustrophobia to the set
1: because it movie. doesn't feel like oh, where you, you you oftentimes with things like this where it's like oh you can see that that was a play you can justify that it was a play but it's not like he's limiting yeah. like he usually is just filming a play right? right 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 so he's he's incredible but but the, the way that that Kowalski is explosive. Yeah. But in a way Vivian Lee plays Blanche in an almost more I don't want to say menacing but like Harmful. There's something harmful about who she is to any situation. I mean, Kowalski at least will smash a table. Right. She will just sort of eat at your soul through her
0: lies. She'll she'll just she'll just disintegrate it slowly by chewing out its soul. Yeah. And there's so many many great
1: moves in this movie. Obviously, we talked about the cinematography, (laughs) the music, and and taking advantage of some of the 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 jazz of the time, but but, uh, of the setting. Some good
0: music too. Absolutely. Great identic music.
1: Little moves like. You know the poker games going on too long. The initial poker games going on too long, and one of the guys reminds Brando, "Remember when she poured hot water through the cracks upstairs?" And the next, you cut to the next scene, and the woman's putting the kettle on the stove upstairs, and they they, you know, shoot downstairs, and they're all moving the table like three feet over. These tiny little moves to create even humorous tension, and it had also the 1951 perspective of. You could find humor in like a, a guy who like punches his wife in the face, and then the next uh, scene is going like, honey, I'm sorry. You know, and it's uh-huh, sort of like, right. you know,
0: I think some of it might be lost today. Yeah, you think? Well. But, yeah. No, it is. <laughs> but, it definitely but is. But and, enough and, and, of it, and the shame it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, I guess. Uh-huh. But, but some, uh, enough is retained, And I, I would say, I, I don't know who to credit most and I would say it's so collaborative. But if I had to credit someone, I think I would credit Vivian Lee for pulling this thing together so fucking well, man.
0: Yeah, I don't know because I, I was going to ask you that. Like, you know, put put in a room if you had to go with Kowalski or Lee on this one. Like, you know, who would you who, who would you pick as a more powerful actor? And you just said Lee. I, so, well, I, 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 I can't this. argue
1: that. I would say this: put in a room. Who would I most <laughs> want to uh, do anything to get out of that room? It would be Blanche DuBois, played by, by Vivien Leigh. Yeah, I could stand to be to have the shit beaten out of me by Kowalski more than I could stand to have her talk to me for twenty-four God, that would hours. Be like, that would be like <laughs>
0: stuck on a set of Oz, though, wouldn't it? Oh, a fucking maniac! God,
1: it's it, it's an exhausting movie. Yeah, um, but it's well worth the exhaustion, man. It's well, totally worth it. Yeah, and you you know you you have to pay attention, but you want to.
0: Yeah. Now.
1: Yes. Now go Shall we move on? Let's move on to Vivian Lee's no, last movie. Further down the line. Nineteen sixty-five.
0: The Ship of Fools.
1: Ship of Fools. By Kath
0: a book originally by Katherine Ann Porter.
1: You know, it's a it's um we gave it to, to Lee because um it's her last movie. She mm-hmm. had top bu- billing, but it definitely is an ensemble That's real, movie. Yes.
0: It's absolutely an ensemble. It's like almost a cliche of an ensemble movie. It's it's a movie set on a boat, which is like almost begging you to make it, make sure it's an ensemble crew. Yeah, I mean, this is, it, well, is the way those things work. We can
1: start with Vivian Lee. Like, she's sort of reprising again for her third American Similar. film, last film. It's sort of like the uh, the woman who's nostalgic for her better, her youth, her right. better days. Not nearly as she mental as Blanchefort. You Debois. can
0: see she's beautiful in her way. She, you see how she was more beautiful before. You see how much she leaned on that at the time, and now she doesn't have it anymore.
1: Well, this is, I mean, in in a way, it's sort of paralleling her life because you know she divorced Olivier. They'd remain friends. She'd had this weird affair mm. with Peter Finch at some point, and she can't really? have any affairs with men and and having terrible breakups and they it was like our uncle harry they would all remain friends with her
0: uh-huh.
1: um, but as she was going downhill she and, and she eventually died of tuberculosis 2 years after this film wow this was her last
0: film and you can see tuberculosis in the, I know, in the 60s that's pretty amazing like I just passed away from scurvy a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck all right um
1: and um uh, but but you can see that this time, whereas in 1951, she's wearing good makeup and she's using good method acting to be this old woman reclaiming her mm-hmm. youth. Mm-hmm. She is actually the woman who's sort of past her prime. And like it's in her eyes in yeah. this film. Yeah, yeah. Um so so yeah, it's a film. Like, let's start naming all these sort of characters. Lee Marvin is
0: um he's the, the American. He's the American male. He's, he's a big the fucking ex- he's a troglodyte, ex- baseball
1: player. player. Yeah. Also sort of pining for his youth, or not sure what, what what happened. A little um, coarse and rough around the edges. Well, he's a gorilla. He's well, a fucking Marvin's He's a full on
0: Abe. He's a perfect yeah, he's 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 a it's a beautiful representation of American's concept of an American not, sorry, the world's concept of an American. Uh, yeah. Been, this, not
1: quite ugly, but close with George Siegel who's like not just an artist, but like um artist of the world, like social yeah, justice warrior. Social justice warrior, um, right. Artist. I think the person is his his, almost, his
0: woman who is not no, she's she an so. artist,
1: but she doesn't understand why everything has to be political and, and, social. And, and
0: lacking that soul, she's not as good an artist as he is. Uh, yeah, in a way, you know, we're given an understanding.
1: I, a, a fucking really gem of a performance by um, Jose Ferrer.
0: Yes, uh, as the oh sort of budding Nazi. Oh, like this like the Nazi, like the, the Nazi ideologue of the of the early days of the Nazi Party. Yeah, and then really Werner, sort of um, pushing it and, and unable to. What's his name? Werner Klemp, Right? Is that his name? Oh well,
1: that's Colonel Klink, You
0: mean? No, no I'm not. Verner, like
1: he a, is in there, yeah, actually, yeah. in his most subtle role ever. You keep expecting him to like, Jules Hogan, and he's a little bit of an asshole. No, but I'm not too about, bad. like the, the Oscar Werner,
0: the, the, the doctor. Thank you, Oscar Werner, the uh, fucking um, what, what do you want to say, like ship's doctor, like he's like the like sensitive, the, the sensitive boat. German. I want to point out like how much like the Love Boat this this movie actually is. No, get there's a quality because it's, it's the same sort of thing. I mean, like people take a boat and out of the Lido deck, people. That's exactly it. It's the impermanence of these of these relationships as part of what makes the relationships interesting in a boat context. Yeah, well, let me let me propose <coughs> why... I just want to point out that, ver, that this this guy yeah. is basically the sensitive German... He's the Ryan Gosling of the German actor of like the just post-World well, War II era. Well, he was in
1: Truffaut's like uh, Jules and Jim, and yeah. later on the, the terrible version of Fahrenheit uh, 451. this' so a sensitive Nazi. Yeah, he, well, he's not a, a Nazi-like in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a sensitive German during well,
0: 1933.
1: So, so Nazi. But, so I'm going to sort of point out why I think it's very unloved boat-like by naming our last person was Sim- Simone Signoire who plays the countess from Cuba.
0: Right, right, right. So
1: so they are it, it, the whole the premise is you know it's it's tight knit on a sh- on a boat and it's right. we're talking about a cruise from Mexico to Germany.
0: Right. That takes 26 weeks.
1: So they're on this cruise. Mhm. And they, they stop up on Cuba to pick up this countess who's going back to prison in Spain, right? And to pick up about six hundred um, Cuban Cuban displaced workers is, is how it's basically put.
0: who are being sent back to Spain where they belong,
1: right? But it's also Just the, sort of the time for the Spanish Revolution for the Spanish Revolution, <laughs> right? right. In 19 that's yeah right like Franco's coming in like the next year basically exactly right? right so so they're gonna go back everyone's sort of what you know from this historic point of view is how everyone is going toward this like a bad place right yeah, yeah, Germany
0: yeah. Spain and it's all and it's all basically meant to it's all like a, a large parable meant to parallel the evolution of fascism and Nazism in Europe as it was rising up
1: yeah so it's like you have um you know you have the countess who's going to be imprisoned in Spain right.
0: dropped off in Spain along she's like the last of the good liberal sort of yeah. uh, aristocrat of the past generation and did you, being put away
1: and you have Germans and then you have German <coughs> Jews who yep. are going back who are not quite taking seriously <laughs> what they're going no, back to
0: they'll, 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 this guy kind of fad oh this Hitler guy people this listen Trumpo, to him for now won't last. I mean this Hitler not. won't last long
1: yeah, yeah so, right. so, so of course it's a great situation and mm. then the way you know it, well look I think it could have been handled in a very corny fashion maybe you do think it was but mm. but here's the scenario it's like it's very clear when you have like seating you have like the lower deck with the, with the refugees right and then the sort of upper deck with the people who can afford the tickets but within the upper deck the seating is you know the Germans sort of claiming the captain's table, right. and then of course like it's a German ship. There's a there's a dwarf
0: yes. on board who, who by the way, is the bookend of the entire movie. He breaks the inter- fourth wall at the beginning yeah. of the movie yeah. to say we are I am a high of fool on a ship of fools. de blah. Join us, perhaps you will see it yourself. I gotta say, kind of ends it on the same note.
1: Well, you know the thing is, I always marvel at this. This is like films that involve either dwarves or like six hundred pound actors. I always feel like well your casting choices have to be so limited.
0: Mm.
1: He's a great actor. I thought he was a fucking he great fucking actor pulled in he this
0: movie. Really, kind of magnificent. Absolutely. but so, by okay. the way, when I said that, it may have sounded like I was like sort of talking down on that well, kind of a book. As a rule, <laughs> as a rule. <laughs> as a rule, <laughs> as a rule I don't, fuck, I don't, I'm so confused about that whole thing now. As a rule, like, I don't like that, I don't like that kind of breaking the fourth wall yeah, voiceover me, me thing. either. But it worked in this context. I liked it here. I'll tell you why it wasn't. Watching this movie, I'm well, sorry. It was
1: in plain sight. That's why it was, right. they didn't, it was just, it was like a magical realism almost. Like, hello
0: there. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because it's like, it's like the making, basically the movie, the directors, the, the people making oh. the movie, <laughs> the people making the movie said, we're going to take an important book yeah. and we're going to make it into a movie yeah, yeah. and we're going to make sure you realize it's part. It's from an important book. Yeah. as a movie and it really feels that way throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It has a, it has a literary weight. I agree with you. That, that sticks with it that, that is as unrecognizable as any other art form. Well,
1: part of the weight is also that it's, it's um, it, it takes its time. <coughs> it's about two hours and 10 or 15 minutes but it takes its time getting to the places you know it's going to get to. So mm-hmm. it's no surprise. Nothing is a surprise really but no. you don't mind that it's not a surprise or I didn't. The way it unfolds, right. the doctor, um, the Countess, by the way is kind of a, a pill head. And so she, yes, she yes. wants to sort of work the doctor for pills, but somehow there's a, like a, a love romantic tension there because he's unsatisfied with his life. He has a heart condition, so like life is for living anyway. Right. Um, the countess, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, uh, Vivian Lee. Well, let's get to Vivian Lee. The, 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 the ball player who's lost his sort of um, mojo. Right. Um, the dwarf who's seated at the table with, with a German Jew. And they're like, how, how does it feel to be sort of marginalized? And weirdly, they wear it well, well like, like they, yeah,
0: they like well, fuck you. We know where we're we're going to be in. We're, we're better working. off this yeah. way. Uh, we don't want you know to be at the put up with table. People <laughs> fucking hate our guts. So that's the the, the the honesty of racism when when racism is honest, well,
1: right? And there are like weirdly subtle moves. Well, moves that could have been very over the top and cornball, but because they don't actually say what it is, mm-hmm. it, it it comes across better. There's a scene where there's a German couple, <coughs> and this is a German couple. <laughs> that's like, um, they're kind of like the better Germans, yes. right? Oh. And they have this a dog, like right the, okay, the dog on. that eats at the table. Yeah. So these these rotten, rotten kids who are like, of, of the, um, the Cuban refugees, decide to throw their dog overboard, uh-huh. and one of the Cuban refugees dives after him and drowns, saving the dog. Right. But the German couple is only concerned that the dog, dog has been saved, and when they overhear what, did a man drown? Anyway, anyway, come here, Fluffy. And it's like, they think they're good. And in fact, when they disembark, a little sort of like wink is as they, the people that come to meet them are clearly the children and they're Nazis. They're wearing
0: Nazi uniforms. That's the part that really got to me too. I was like, oh, they're, so, they're the nice Germans. And then they're like, their kids are in stormtrooper outfits.
1: Yeah, yeah. So are you going to take away my uniform? Like, <laughs> and oh. so, you know, George Siegel, by Fuck. the way, is, is a little, we, we mentioned he's sort of a, a social justice warrior painter. Right. And he's a little bit unbearable in, in that way. Yeah. And yet, it, it, mm-hmm. it, it, he's the position that a lot of people are in in life. He's unbearable while being right. Yeah. And right. It's, that's what makes it tough, right? Yep, 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 for yep. him, for his girlfriend. So you have all these people. And then Vivian Lee, who, who I wouldn't say is any more or less important than them, but you know, again, it's her, it's her last role. Um, she sort of, I think, is the most subtle of the whole thing because she's just sort of slowly, slowly coming to light. And yeah. when she finally goes downstairs thinking she's alone and does a little dance mm. of her youth, and then all of a sudden realizes that is over, baby. That yep. is over. Yeah. And she's, she's playing around in a room. Um, Lee Marvin, who's been, boy, Tom's coughing up a
0: lung, baby. Oh, you look uh, ah. terrible. Now, fucking Lee Marvin swings you, down from the drafters. You look like a
1: shit-a-fool, Tom.
0: Well, oh, there's this other. Okay, so oh, hold That's on. Let's, but we got to back up just a second. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't, don't dwell on my imminent death, kid. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just the fact that, like, of course, the Spaniards. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're a real hack. (laughs) Uh, You snotty. Anyways, (laughs) uh, one of the other people, one of the other groups on mm. the in the upper class, uh, the uh, dancers, so to speak. Yeah, the, the <laughs> fucking yeah, they're Spanish dancers. Yeah, they're and whores. they're obviously fucking <laughs> hateful, fucking dickwads. Yeah, and you find out that they're basically all prostitutes. Yeah, and, the, and, the, and the, the dad of the group is of course the pimp of the group. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know the Spaniards, they're whores. Who knew? Yeah. Anyways, uh, Lee Marvin has <laughs> been um, knocking that mic around subtly. Uh, you know, gray paping it around one of the uh, prostitutes throughout yep, the entire yep, show. Yeah. And now he's had enough because she keeps sort of. You know, cock-locking him. So uh, now he gets on a heat on, and he ends up going to the wrong goddamn room.
1: She directs him to the wrong room, which is Vivian Lee's room. Which is so Vivian Lee's room. So in the dark, room. he starts to what seems to her attack... Attacker, her. right, right. But what's funny is she's she's upset by what seems to be a, a Kowalski type attack. But when he realizes that it's her and it was a mistake and it's actually this older broad, and he's like, "Oh, sorry." That's when she's really
0: disturbed, she super upset. because
1: she's she, it's a confirmation that she's she's lost all her worth to the world, whatever right. it was, which was her looks.
0: Right, right, right.
1: It's. I mean, look. The story is not as compelling as Street and *Desire*, but it is compelling. And given mm. how much it has to juggle, I think it does. A, I think Stanley Kramer, who directed this, did a good job. Good, good a job. ship, a tension aboard a ship is can be the worst.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. Ask the Gopher. love boat. <laughs> Isaac. Making another double gun.
1: <laughs> anyway, so I give it an enthusiastic. Um, you know. High praise. Um, yeah, it's, no, it's not streetcar
0: named desire, but it's definitely it's worth watching for sure.
1: And it's her last film. I mean, just to sort of see you know you you love it when poor you know an actor ends on a good note. Poor Michael Caine. We were watching something just embarrassing last night on a TV, and it, it was something with The Rock and Michael Caine. Yeah, you know, yeah. he he does that thing where. It's My, like shitty Michael. movie, good movie, shitty movie, good yeah. movie. It's like Michael, you just end on a good movie and retire, man. Yeah. Like you're gonna, get the Raul, you're gonna
0: get the role, you're gonna get the Julia. What did thing. he? What did he? Oh, Street Adams? Fighter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> poor. <Raul laughs> yeah, Julia. right. Fucking Bison and Street Fighter.
1: Yeah. So Ship of Fools <laughs> is a great uh, movie. It actually kind of inspires me to go back and read the book. Um yeah. And Streetcar Named
0: Desire. What can we say? And I gotta yeah, get I don't. I can't remember. I don't know if I've ever read Ship of Fools, so it might be worthwhile doing that. I've read, oh. The only thing i read by here was Pale Horse, Pale Rider, which I always thought was extraordinary. So there. It's another book. It's a book. No, I understand. <laughs> it's, it's like pages <laughs> with paper and stuff. Okay. Hey, forget it's about it. It's just the
1: it. way you said extraordinary. It just caught me off guard. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was very John Houseman. Ugh,
0: extraordinary.
1: Um, so we have a bit of business, and of course, <laughs> I think the thing we're really pushing right now, uh, uh, on top of something that Thompson mentioned lately, which is you know mm. we're finlandsatfilm at gmail.com Drop right. us a line, make us a suggestion. Uh, we please rate us and review us on iTunes. It's, it's a lifeblood of small podcasts. Right, want um, to become that small podcast? Consider supporting us for a mere five dollars a month ah. to get twice monthly alternate. Patreon only episodes What's called our Finley's
0: Fan
1: Reserve. Depending
0: on how elaborate you get it, that's like one and a half coffees.
1: Yeah, and also access to the archives, which are on that side yep. only, There's Plenty right. of them. Mm-hmm. And then
0: finally, Tommy, I think, gives him personal business. Yes, absolutely. Uh, my funeral is going to be at. The, uh, <laughs> you are fuck, really I'm gonna, at death's door Dude, man. Don't smoke, finish, man. Like a sweat is coming out here. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's poor gravy. We're going to keep
1: track of this every week. You're non-smoking. Oh yeah. And fans are going to support you.
0: Oh, uh, both of them. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Go check it out. Uh, Tom at uh, Tom, Tom Smith Comedy. Holy shit! Yeah. TomSmithComedy.com. Tom dot com. That's my website. Go uh, check it out. Oh, got yeah. shows coming up next. Uh Friday, Saturday I'm gonna be headlining at the Chico's in Old Town Clovis. So. You're like
1: you remember that scene from you the counterfeit Count trader where they're hiding the Jewish man in the panel uh, of the
0: boat. Lord, and it's God. like he choked. I feel like the boat. I feel like somebody stuffed somebody <laughs> stuffed a Jew in me. It's fucking terrible.